Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries. In this episode, I sit down with Head of Tech Services at Beauty Bay, Rob Black. Beauty Bay are an e-commerce beauty-focused platform that source hard-to-find brands and products for customers with over 7,000 products on the site with launches every week. In this episode, Rob talks us through his decision to leave a comfortable and established business to take on the challenge of a scale-up. He also dives into the challenge of influencing a team which has already had an established culture and how he went around winning hearts and minds and also then installing his own mission-led values. He also shares one of his biggest challenges that he's faced during his time at Beauty Bay when it came to an influencer with over 200 million followers sharing a link to the website. It's definitely an interesting one. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for joining us, Rob. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, do you want to just start off by telling us about yourself and, and your background in tech? Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been I've been within tech since around about 2002 when I graduated from university. Uh, I started um, doing first line, second line roles. So I started on help desk and you that kind of traditional um, move into second line support. Um, I guess the first second line role was working for a travel company and um, working on NT networks and rebuilding for rebuilding PCs remote and blind across the, all, all different offices across the world. A little bit of uh, international travel thrown in there as well. Um, and I kind of moved into multiple different roles, kind of quite hands on, quite technical and support facing. Um, I got the opportunity to move to another real estate retail company. Um, and um, kind of progressed through through the ranks there technically, uh, and and kind of doing my certs as well at the same time. So I was kind of really pushing myself, and and became Microsoft certified and VMware certified, and then later on AWS certified. It was really quite driven by the technology. Uh, I then got an opportunity a little bit later on in my career to to do more of a kind of design and architecture role uh, that allowed me to you know go into a company and really transform their tech stack. So. At the beginning, um, when I went in, it was pretty much a data center full of physical, you know, physical servers. There was nothing virtualized there, and I put in the first kind of VMware cluster, which then grew and expanded to multiple clusters over multiple sites with disaster recovery and HA built in, which was a fantastic piece of work to do. Uh, but I think quite early in my career, I realised that actually my real passion was was in management and people, uh, and I got the opportunity around about. In about 2012 to go into my first kind of management role taking over you know an internal infrastructure team um, and then since then I've done multiple different managerial and, and kind of strategic roles and, and and that's where my kind of my passion is really which is delivering through people so I still love the tech I can still uh, stay close enough to be able to talk it but maybe not do it anymore mm. um, but yeah that's a kind of high level on uh, and kind of how I've grown up within the industry. Great, thanks for that. Obviously, when we were putting this together and we were talking about doing a podcast, um, we were kind of talking about your decision to actually go to Beauty Bay. Now, actually, you jumped in with with two feet, and yeah. at the time, you were in a relatively before you moved, you were in a relatively comfortable position with an established business. Sure. Um, so, what made you take the challenge of a scale up on? Yeah, so I, I was working for a great company, uh, and I said I had a fantastic role there. Um, and when I kind of took that role back at the beginning of 2019, I realised it was a you know it was a really big project, so going through a huge transformation. Uh, and I joined um, and did some fantastic things there. A lot of kind of reorganisation um, and a lot of work um, on on the uh, on the kind of OD piece. Uh, and I kind of got to a point where I realised that we'd made quite a lot of change and I kind of set the department up for success. And I got to a point where I realised that 
I think the next phase was either, you know, I would do it and I'll stay there for another number of years, or actually by putting the foundations in, it allowed them to set them up for success. And then was it an opportunity for me to, to maybe have a look at what else, you know, was out in the industry, what the roles there were. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't really looking to leave, but an opportunity came up with Beauty Bay. Um, I, um, you know, I met the, I met the IT leadership team, you know, I was really bought in with, I guess the, the business strategy, what we're looking to try and do and grow themselves internationally uh, with the IT strategy um, and uh, got a really good feel for the place and decided that actually I thought, given my experience and, um, you know, where they were looking to be able to, I guess, improve and mature, mm-hmm. uh, it would be a really good fit for me and I could really help them, uh, you know, achieve what they what they needed to. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a, you know, a great opportunity and one that I really struggled to turn down. No, that's fair. So obviously culturally then, what, what, what about Beauty Bay that maybe stood out for you against other things in the market? Was there anything else that was suited to you? Um, yeah, I just, I think that, you know, with it being a relatively a smaller business, mm-hmm. um, and I guess the feel that I got straight away um, was was that it was you know a real business. It was a real together business. It was still privately owned, um, and I just felt that you know that was a really good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the people that I met beforehand, uh, and actually it's a small industry really. So I got uh, the opportunity to speak to a couple of people who understood the business a little bit more than I did, mm-hmm. and it just felt that actually um, for my next step, um, it was just a really good fit. Yeah. It's proved to be the case. No, that's, that's always good. Obviously, you've joined essentially a bit of an established team within Beauty Bay. Uh, and one of the things that you said to me is at the beginning, you had to go about sort of winning hearts and minds. Yeah. H- how do you do that? You know, especially when there's a team that's you know, got a bit of a click going on and you're the outsider. Yeah, yeah. And I know you're the leader, but how do you yeah. kind of infiltrate and, and win them over? I think is. I just want to say I've joined you know a fantastic business and my teams were uh, absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. um, and the you know the culture that was there uh, right from the beginning is a really really positive one so I guess going in there one of the things I wanted to do was kind of knobs at the apple cart straight <laughs> away um, because it's a case of just kind of nurturing that's there rather than you know um, having to um, I guess having to drive something different but one of the thing one one of my approaches is just to to get to know the people the processes. Um, and just being really open-minded about how things are done at that time because there's always a reason. Um, so I think it's very easy to go in there and start ripping things up and pointing yeah. at things, but it's not really my style really because decisions will have been made for reasons that you know I won't have been aware of. So I think it's really important to be able to, um, to, be able to understand that. Um, you know, it's been able to listen and take ideas on board. So there's people that have been there um, pretty much right from the start. You know, we've got people that have been, you know, one of the earliest employees down to some relatively new people within the team. Uh, and they've got some great ideas. And I think it's really important for a leader to listen yeah. uh, and to take that on board. Um, you know, I take a real interest in my team uh, and understanding, you know, the people and what they, what they want to do with their career and how they want to progress. So every single person within the function I sat down with and I asked about their career, you know, their yeah. career, what, what they wanted to do uh, career-wise and, you know, how they wanted to, to progress. I think it's really, really important to to understand that because my role as a leader is to help them grow and yeah. help them, you know, achieve their career aspirations. But if I don't know what they are, then I'm, I'm not equipped to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and really clear and concise communication as well, you know, mm. um, you know, 
too often is the communication not not clear enough um yeah. you know and you're you're looking to be able to take people on a journey and to be able to really you know um really have them bought into the vision i think you can only do that by you know being really really clear with your communication um and then when you've got the opportunity to be able to bring in talent I think it's, it's really key to to find the right balance both culturally and you know um, technically within kind of my teams mm-hmm. to to kind of um, to bring in that additional talent that where people can see that you know we're taking that step up now and we're really starting to look to be able to drive forward and we're bringing in great people to complement the great people that are there. Yeah, yeah, I really like the bit on communication there. It, it, it strikes a chord with me because we've we've had. Uh, a lot more junior people in particular recently and they're doing a great job but yeah. you just need to set the expectations you need to kind of make it as clear as possible what you want from them yeah. so that they can actually go about achieving it I think we found early on a few of my team leaders were being a bit they were they were saying things that to the rest of the team would be like a yeah there's an expectation I know what they mean but to a grad in particular or someone who's more junior it was just a bit like they've got no idea like they've come yeah. in from the cold and it's just like you've got to be like this is what I want from you like yeah. go aim to do that and it made a massive difference for yeah. us um, yeah otherwise they were kind of sat there confused why or, or what, they were, what we were wanting from them um, but now I completely agree with that um, so is there anything else I kind of cut in there apologies no um, I think I think the, I think that's a really good point and that mm-hmm. kind of 360 feedback is key as well yeah. isn't it you know it, you know, regardless of position or stature within a team, everybody's got a voice. Yeah. Uh, we need to make sure that you know the people that are relatively new or junior in the team, they're still heard and they got a voice. And making sure that you know we are uh, mentoring and nurturing them um, and giving them the steer that's needed for them to you know yeah. to be successful and to learn. Yeah, yeah, nah, exactly, exactly. And um, one of the things that you've also mentioned about is to, to me is that you're passionate about creating a mission. Uh, and, uh, within your team of purpose I guess uh, and building standards and values that they can live and work by yeah. why is that this so important for you uh, to build and how did you kind of go about doing that at Beauty Bay yeah so I think it's really important because I think over your career and you work in different places I think that you'll find that culturally some places are a better fit than others mm-hmm. um, I think it's natural to find that and I've certainly I've certainly experienced that and I'm somebody that's really passionate about you know building the right environment so that people can a enjoy work um, but be really really achieve um, so one of the things that you know when I went into Beauty Bay I was really really clear on doing is you know I was quite lucky and fortunate to you know to inherit teams that culturally it was it was great mm-hmm. um, but it was really taking that next step to be able to drive you know uh, and be all part of the culture and the environment that we want to build um, not just for our teams but also you know um, how we want to be seen from within the business um, and how we want to be how we want to engage with the business as well mm-hmm. so you know how I went about doing it was it was via a number of uh, interactive workshops uh, which included the whole team um, yeah. and um, what, what we, we kind of ran through was you know it started with a dreaded icebreaker um, two truths and a lie and it's yeah. always uh, it's always something that uh, you know, it's either loved or hated at the beginning, but when yeah. people get into it, and the team really embraced it, yeah. and it was uh, it was fantastic, really. What were um, yours then? What were your what were your ones? That oh, you put me on the spot now. <laughs> um, right, so two truths and a lie. Let me think. So, um, uh, number one, um, growing up, I had a friend called Rob White, uh, and we were known as Whitey and Blackie. Uh, I went to the 1999 Champions League final uh, to watch Man United beat uh, Bayern Munich in the New Camp. Uh, and I'm a big R&B and hip-hop fan, and I've seen Jay-Z, Snoop, and 50 Cent in concert. 
I really hope that number one is true. I want that to be more <laughs> true than the hip hop. I really do. But I'm going to claim that that one's the that's the lie number one. Number one's the lie. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why I think you're just going to throw a curveball at that Jay Z and Snoop, and you're just a secret yeah R&B fan on the side. So the lie is the Champions League. Final. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I, I, I never went. Yeah, I thought that was a hell of a game, that one, though. So uh, I do have a friend called Rob White. Yeah, that's um, brilliant. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I have seen Jay-Z Snoop and 50 Cent concert. So there you I just go. just thought that was the absolute banker, that one, the, in the middle of the United game. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah, well, that's, uh, that's how it threw, it threw them off as yeah, well. I imagine. Yeah, I imagine. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, sorry, go on. Oh, yeah. I cut in there. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, the um, I guess we we worked through a number of a number of um, I guess uh, exercises, and uh, I introduced them to a mo- uh, to a model from a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by uh, Patrick Lencioni, okay. um, and it has a pyramid that focuses on attributes of a dysfunctional team, um, and these attributes were the, the absence of trust, a fear of conflict, uh, lack of commitment, the avoidance of accountability, and the inattention of results. But what we did was we kind of flipped it. So we looked at it from the opposite, um, opposite uh, away, really, which was, you know, to us, what does it mean to, to build trust? What does it mean to master conflict, to achieve commitment, to embrace accountability, and finest, finally, focusing on results? So we kind of workshopped that out, you know, in these different sections, and the team were in a very collaborative way. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then we, you know, we brainstormed, you know, the positive effects of working with the team, and then some of the uh, the negative impacts of not working as a team. Uh, and then finally, um, again together, we brainstormed, you know, two very very simple questions, which is, you know, what do we want to be known as, and what don't we want to be known as? And that was really quite powerful, that because after we'd run through all the different um, exercises, mm-hmm. I think the team really bought into those really simple questions, you know, mm-hmm. and it was quite powerful, the results that came out. Um, and the output that I was looking for, which was, you know, Beauty Bay has its own kind of mission, uh, behaviours and values. Uh, but what I wanted to create was our tech services mission and values that complements the Beauty Bay ones, um, just so that, you know, we've all had the opportunity and the input to be able to create something really tangible at the end that we all live, you know, live by. Mm -hmm. Um, And the mission um, and the team were all involved in kind of choosing, you know, out of the the multiple different options that we pulled together. So we took the content of the first session, ran a session workshop, a second workshop with the output from the first and then really nailed it down Mm -hmm. into kind of, our mission statement three values and three behaviors yeah so our mission is to be beauty based trusted tech services partner which again that word trusted is absolutely key you know um our values are to be collaborative uh, and we work together to drive towards a common goal we want to be innovative uh, and we embrace modern technology and help drive competitive advantage (laughs) Uh, and we're passionate. We love what we do, and it's evident in our interactions. You know, um, there are values and our behaviours. Uh, we celebrate success, and we celebrate team and individual successes together. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really important in um, for all of that. That was that was one of the one of the biggest things that the team wanted to do, which was making sure that we were supporting each other and were celebrating those successes. Mm-hmm. Um, we embrace a zero blame culture. Uh, we support each other. We never pass blame, and we take learnings at every opportunity. And we take ownership. We find opportunities to take ownership and lead by example. So 
that's kind of the output of what we you know what mm. we came out with and it was fantastic to see the team um, everybody had a voice regardless of whether they were junior they were senior what role they were yeah. uh, and at the end of the session we took us we stood back and we looked at it and said does that describe what we want to be mm-hmm. and absolutely and the whole team have bought into that and that is now something that you know I'll be measured on the team will be measured on Um, and equally for me and my management team it's making sure that actually the people we bring into the business they fit that model as well so we've got a real responsibility as leaders within you know in the function of the business to make sure that the you know the people we come in they contribute the great people that we've got already Um, and that's really really key so it was fantastic and the team absolutely embraced it you know Mm -hmm. um and it was um, it was a fantastic thing to do. Yeah, do you, it sounds like this is the case. But by the team kind of driving it and leading it with your kind of guidance over leading the sessions, do you think that's what's got them bought in the fact that they've built it for them? You know, they've gone. Right, this is who we are. Yeah, hundred percent. So this, uh, I made sure my kind of style is that you know when we when we ran the sessions, I tried to be um, sat down as much as possible, and there were you know my team were. You know, we're taking the lead, and, and that just came naturally. You know, and it didn't come naturally to the to kind of I guess my managers within the team. It came natural to everybody because we created that safe environment where you know everybody could take the lead, and yeah. different people stood up when it came to different kind of parts of that workshop and took the lead with the whiteboard or the post its or mm-hmm. you know, and it was um, it was fantastic to see. Yeah, it yeah. really, really was. Yeah, sounds like it's probably had a good outcome then. I guess with future hiring and recruitment and hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Good, good. Uh, so when we we're actually putting this podcast together, we, we spoke a lot about teaching junior people and teaching them a phrase, "What good looks like," which yeah. is a phrase that we use a lot here at Burn Sheen, and it's quite a it's quite a powerful one for us Absolutely. to to be sharing. And um, what do you mean by it, and and why do you enjoy it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's in a really privileged position to be able to you know recruit junior people and really influence their career from the beginning. Yeah. Um, we've been really quite successful at Beauty Bay bringing people on from the AWS Restart program um, who've integrated themselves fantastically within the team and recently have been able to promote from junior roles into engineering roles, which is you know, a really, really good thing to be able to do. Um, I think it's just having the ability to be able to you know, influence their career right from the beginning you know, and, and show them I guess um, what good looks like in the way that they approach kind of uh, their work, or you know how they do things technically, or documentation, or you know just the way that they handle themselves in meetings <clears throat> and different things. So I just think it's really you know it's great to be able to be in a business that you know wants to you know uh, bring in those junior people, wants to be able to you know um, recruit and upskill from within. Um, I think it's just a fantastic opportunity for those people to um, you know. To, to have that mentor for people that want to mentor as well because that's key you know yeah. uh, and have the time to be able to do it as well to devote to um, you know to I guess to mentoring and bringing those people through so yeah it's yeah. really um, it's something that we're really passionate about at Beauty Bay uh, yeah. and we'll continue to do yeah good good um, previously in your career then we, we sort of going back you've, you've scaled teams from you know, around 14 to 40 yeah. uh, while structuring to align with business growth as, as you go yeah. can you talk us through this uh, and give us a bit of background to so kind of how you how you've done it yeah absolutely so 
I think um, it's really important when you go into a role to understand the kind of business and the departmental strategy and goals. So you know, you know, you know what type of organisation that you that you need to build. Um, and that was something that I, you know, I went in and uh, was really quite passionate to be able to understand. Um, I think just my approach to this is quite structured, really. So the first thing I do is. Uh, I start my functional accountability, so depending upon the functions and departments that come under me, it's really about uh, being really clear on what that function is there to do, um, and you know what what are their what are their roles, what are they there to be able to do, and once you understand and agree what the function is there and not there to do, mm-hmm. I think what you can start to do then is kind of layer on top of that to say, well, to be able to meet those functional accountabilities what are the skills and the roles that I need to be able to do that mm-hmm. um, and whether that is a really good balance of junior versus you know uh, engineer versus senior mm-hmm. um, and to be able to really start to look at those different types of roles and another key thing for me as well is is to be able to reduce I guess single points of knowledge mm-hmm. so you know you think about designing kind of your tech stack and things and you, you want to reduce your single points of failure so that if something you know falls over then you know it automatically recover as well I think within your people as well um, you don't want that single point of knowledge within your, within your te- people your team yep. because if those people go on holiday or these people decide to leave the business then you're actually left with a bit of a knowledge gap um, in certain areas so it's really really key when you design and balance your team that you're facing into these single points of knowledge and you're given the opportunity to be able to knowledge share mm-hmm. um, and again the, the kind of I guess the the role profiles or the job descriptions with key accountabilities, you know, and making it really, really clear to the people what their key accountabilities are. And they don't have to be a huge amount of key accountabilities and it can be a really good, you know, spread. um, And it can have the detail underneath, but I like to keep it to five or six key accountabilities. And, you know, within my team is being quite service orientated, but still doing a lot of, you know, a lot of change. Mm -hmm. You know, for an example for one of my senior people might be that there'll be a key accountability around kind of service levels. There'll be a key accountability on change and driving, you know, uh, driving that business change. There'll be a key accountability around finance or budget, um, one around you know maximising the potential within people, uh, and then one around strategy. You know, and then underneath those, um, it'll be broken out into kind of the actuals. But then you get a really good, um, really good, clear and concise role profile. Um, and then you know one of the other key things is, is that. Quite a lot of, I guess, quite a lot of people managers nowadays might be, you know, um, they might be people managers as well as uh, doers as well. And yep. I think what you tend to find is, is that when people are busy, I think the kind of one-to-ones and the, the people management tasks, they tend to be put to one side uh, and actually, you know, they, they prioritise um, sometimes out of necessity, um, you know, doing rather than managing. I think it's really, really key to spend the time with your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and create you know really measurable achievable objectives um, and and just have that time with the people and work with them on a one-to-one basis and, and make sure that they've got access you mm-hmm. know I would say to my team um, I want them to have a touch point you know with me and it's not just my you know my direct reports there is you know uh, I, I meet with the people as you know their teams as well mm-hmm. but I always want them to have that touch point with me um, and that time with me. But if there's ever something they need to raise, they don't wait for that. Um, yeah. But it's absolutely key to spend the time, you know, with your people. Um, I think I followed that, you know, quite successfully to be able to build out, you know, um, in quite a um, 
in quite a um, you know a fast moving company and split out you know different departments based on the requirements um, and yeah it's been been really exciting. Yeah, I want to take note of that point about the one to ones and the time yeah. of your team. I think with my more established members of my team, occasionally a one to one that's booked in might slide. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You've got to definitely still be there. Make yeah. sure they're not, you know they know what the. They might just be little questions that need clarity, right, or something that's bugging them, or they might just be going off on a tangent that needs a bit of a realignment. So I'll uh, I'll take note of that myself <laughs> and make sure I get back on top of that. Um, I'm just going to throw in a quick question for you. Actually, I want to kind of know about the different challenges that you get involved with the Beauty Bay. Um, just partly because one of the things when we, I was thinking as we were talking here, when we when we were planning this whole thing, you spoke about there was I don't think it happened in the end, but a particular social media star was about to like mention yeah, yeah. Beauty Bay on something, and it, you were I think the whole day we were preparing for it, and it was like the scale and the mass effect of this yeah. person putting something out there. Yeah. You just it, it really intrigued me. You want to just throw a bit about sort of the challenges that are involved within in your yours and the wider team. Right. Yeah, so um, that that's, that particular incident happened on Black Friday. Right, um, to make it even worse. Yeah, so it was literally, <laughs> uh, it was literally our busiest day, yeah. uh, and we got told that a really high profile, um, yeah, a really high profile celeb was going to do a post about Beauty Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and we had to be ready, which um, was quite it was quite exciting and odd at the same time yeah. because this person had you know two hundred million followers mm-hmm. uh, on platforms and. Uh, it was really exciting, but I think you know the team. The team were absolutely fantastic because you know as much as we got thrown that challenge with the way that we've kind of designed and built that tech stack, it allows us to kind of scale very very rapidly um, for you know a huge amount of visitors. Um, so so yeah, I think um, we're fortunate in that way that we were able to um, we were able to react to that. Um, mm. But yeah, it was a it was a bit of a curveball on Black Friday, just when we thought that we'd uh, we got worse. through, um, <laughs> and then uh, and then that was thrown at us. So yeah. uh, it was really uh, really exciting. And with that being my first peak season for Beauty Bay, it was yeah. uh, it, it was quite a uh, it was quite an ask, but uh, a really enjoyable one all the same. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. Look, one of the final things that we always ask is kind of a, an advice piece, really. Um, you, you've, we, we know some of our listeners are in well-established businesses and haven't jumped into a scale-up or a startup or a business that yeah. uh, doesn't have the structure that they're in at the moment. We, you know, we've had people approach us and ask for to connections um, around it. So for those who might be in a very comfortable, established business, comfortable role, can you give them a, an advice or even a bit of a sell for do- jumping into uh, the challenge of a scaling business? Yeah, so I think I think it's really important to review your situation and make well balanced career decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know uh, it's really important that you do that um, because then you're more more likely to be able to make the right you know make the right decision. Um, only move for the right reasons at the right time for what you feel is the right role. You mm-hmm. know, you need to believe in yourself, understand your value, um, and you know, hopefully then if you're making well balanced choices because. You know, um, it is really exciting to be able to move roles, but you know, if you're in a really good role that you enjoy, then you know that's not to be taken for granted. So yeah. I'd say, yeah, just um, just just make sure it's a well balanced decision, um, and uh, if you feel it in your gut, go for it. Yeah, perfect. Look, uh, thanks a lot for your time, Rob. Really enjoyed having you on this episode. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, for those who are listening, like both of us are on LinkedIn. If you want to try and reach out, connect. I'm sure you wouldn't mind a few people approaching you directly about Absolutely. working in your team as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, hope you enjoyed it, Rob. Anyway, yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.